Welcome to the Fourth Dimension with Toby C., where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery. The battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult. The psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby. Welcome back. This is Toby C. How you doing? If this is your first time, welcome to our show. This is our show, yours and mine, called The Fourth Dimension. And uh, if you're a repeat offender, welcome back. Um, let's not mince words right now. This is a show, and we talk about evil resistance to early attempts at recovery, whatever that may be. And I want to welcome my friend, and and um, he's just a very dear, close friend. His name is Gary S. Welcome today. Toby, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Right. Great to... Great to see you and always to hear from you. Great to be seen. And, um, <clears throat> and again, we're going to share some stories uh, about ourselves and things that we've witnessed, uh, in, uh, especially in early stages of recovery, in hopes that anybody that's listening to this and witnessing a, a fellow loved one who's really suffering and in and out of recovery and, and just can't crawl out of that rut, or maybe this is you personally and, and you just can't seem to, to uh, overcome this this. This thing called bad luck. How about that? Um, but we we just don't like I said we don't mince words here. Uh, bad luck, um, evil resistance. Let's just call it you know the devil. Let's call it. Uh, I know that I've heard people talk about a, a a big bag of methamphetamine is the devil. That's the devil. Okay. You know when we're at that that moment of desperation and we can recognize evil, we have no problem calling it what it is. But it's kind of interesting as we move on and and skip to the loo, my darling, and life goes on. We we don't really want to call it what it is, and it's um, it's the antithesis of of good. You've heard of God shots, Gary? What's yeah. the opposite of a God shot? The devil, the devil in the in people. They they end up fighting against themselves. Basically, you're talking about uh, uh, an object, a bag of meth, uh, a syringe full of heroin, uh, a bottle of Vicodin, whatever it might be. Uh, you know, an inanimate object. Yet it has a life of its own. It calls. It's the siren song. Uh, the sailors spoke about when they were aboard ship and they ultimately came into the rocks because they listened to the the, the moans of the sirens on the shore. But th the point is is that you're, you end up fighting against yourself and you, that little guy in your head that says, you can do it one more time, just one more time, only do it half as much as you used to and you'll be fine. And, you know, that you end up, you know, with this this conversation going on in your uh, between your ears. Whatever it is or whatever that little guy is let's call it what it is it's evil yeah and it's it and it's the the antithesis well, it's the of evil good. side of yourself oh no question yeah. about it yeah and, I, and just in a, in a previous show we were just talking about uh, the metaphors of evil you know we're in i i happen to be in a 12-step uh, recovery program that advocates uh, moving away from self-centeredness and moving toward god consciousness moving away from self-consciousness and so we were kind of exploring whether or not self-consciousness and self-centeredness is in fact evil if that's in fact our evil side and what conclusions have you come to in this journey that you're taking no question about <laughs> it no question about it when i'm out there to serve self and i want to change the way i feel and i'm serving self i'm not available for anybody mm. and it can be a very dark lonely uh shameful shameful 
evil experience in in some cases. And I'm, and I want to you know qualify what evil is. Evil is is anything that makes my life unmanageable and drives me into isolation and loneliness and despair and desperation and hopelessness. There was an old saying you know a thousand years ago. Since I'm a thousand years old that uh, when you are by yourself, you are in the best company you'll ever be in, mm -hmm. which is the antithesis of what you just said, you know, as far as, you know, getting out there and, uh, you know, being around people and, and doing what you do, uh, serving others and that kind of thing. So, it, you know, there's, there's that battle also of, uh, you mentioned loneliness, which is a, a, a dear and close friend to most people, you know, when they first get into recovery and even when they've been in it for a while. You know, when we talk about some of our stories, our personal stories, or some of the things that we've witnessed in other people, I guess we're just going to talk about any excuse, any overwhelming and compelling reason to drink or use or act out that, again, drives us into loneliness. And again, is not loneliness kind of where Satan or the devil wants to keep us in this, uh, this utter bewilderment and confusion and, uh, and hopelessness and fear? There it is, fear. Well, fear and shame are the two major major things that keep people out there, uh, especially the shame factor, uh, you know, of what they are doing, what they have done, uh, whether to a family member or an employer or whatever it might be. They're, they're constantly looking over their shoulder, and they see the shame train coming right on the track right for them, you know, and they have to get off the track, and they have to deal with that, uh, whether it's, you know, talking to somebody else or working their steps, whatever it might be, they have to rid themselves of uh, that cloak that's become so comfortable to them. Mm -hmm. I have to give you just a, a, a quick example of, of um, I had a wonderful experience with Gary years ago. We used to be part of a little men's group that mm. used to meet. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And there was just so, so much love. Yeah. And for that moment, for that hour, we didn't really get a lot done as far as step work. But, man, there was a lot of love and a lot of laughter, and, and evil was not there. But uh, boy, that was that was a very rare occasion for me because I was very lonely, mm -hmm. and um, and I don't know about you, but I think that's where, uh, again, that's where where the darkness, this uh, this negative paranormal energy, wants to to keep me for whatever that may be. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be sharing a few stories about ourselves or or maybe things that we've witnessed and people that we love or close ones <clears throat> in in or out of recovery, mm -hmm. uh, and. Um, Anything come to mind, you know, right off the bat, Gary, as far as uh, some memory of, uh, of evil resistance to early attempts at recovery, either in yourself or others that were, you were close to and witnessed? Yeah, a lot of things. Actually, one of the main things, there's a saying in uh, 12 Steps, you know, when, when you're talking about going into meetings or whatever it might be, you know, principles over personalities. And the, the excuse that a lot of folks that are... Uh, you know, walk into a meeting for the first time or have been going for a month or two is they focus in on somebody that they don't like and use that as an excuse for a variety of things uh, or not going to meetings, uh, you know, not giving it their full attention, uh, thing, things like that. And that's one of the one of the real obstacles to a lot of people in early recovery is they start taking inventories of people and they see things and usually what they see in that other person they don't like is what they actually are themselves. Judgment. It's what they, yeah, it's what they unfair, project. Unfair judgment yeah. is what you're talking yeah. about. 
And I know a lot of people, when, when we come into recovery and go to meetings, you know, the kinship of common suffering, I don't know about you, but when I came in, all I could do is see what was wrong with people. What is mm-hmm. wrong with this meeting? Mm-hmm. I had a very narrow, closed mind, which is exactly where the evil side of me wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. And I believe the good side of me wanted me to be open-minded. Yeah. Well, I was taught, or it was suggested to me, that w- when I made a remark about somebody early on, um, I was told to go and spend time, sit next to that person, you know, and, and find out really what's behind my, as you said, judgment and, and that kind of thing. And nine times out of ten, it was like looking in the mirror. They were maybe loud and aggressive or maybe they were, um, you know, overly pompous or whatever it might be. And once again, there I was, you know, wherever I went, there I was. Um, so, I mean, that's one of the things. And uh Toby, we have to realize, too, that what strength it takes and how many excuses people use not to go into that room for the first time. Oh, maybe you can remember. It takes a lot of courage. Yes. And there is some evil, dark force that's going to give me a hundred reasons why not to go to that first meeting or why to not continue going to these meetings. And by the way, you know what I discovered, Gary, Mm. in these meetings? Um, I discovered that if I stick around these meetings long enough, and sit still and stay calm and open my mind, I can experience a God consciousness within this meeting. Mm -hmm. I can hear a God of my understanding speak to me through other people. I can feel the presence of God and love uh, in the presence of other people. And I can guarantee you, the dark side of me uh, does not want uh, me to experience that. They want you to reject that immediately. And it's going to throw every obstacle. And uh, I know that in this this 12-step movement, it says that there is only one who has all power. That one is God, and may you find him now. And I do believe that God is the most powerful. But I'll tell you, Satan and the devil is really super powerful too, okay? But Satan and the devil does not have all power. But I'll tell you, Satan can certainly interfere with spiritual growth, and it's called temptation. And it can throw all kinds of distraction, uh, whether it be pain, physical pain, emotional pain, um, just just too busy and uh, keeps us in denial and it keeps us away from meetings. And that's where, you know, that's where uh, um, the devil wants, you know, there was an article I read that if the, if, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Makes sense. He'll keep you distracted. So anyway. Usually in meetings, though, it's been my experience that, uh, you know, I hear exactly what I need to hear from somebody. You know, as much as I try to block it out, somebody will say something, um, somebody will share something and hit the nail right on the head. You know, and, and as much as I resist it and whatever, ultimately, when I give it some thought, I said, you know, that's exactly what I, what I thought and what I needed to hear. And, you know, I'm a better person for that. So check this out. Do you believe in Do you believe in guardian angels, Gary? I, I let me tell you. Can I tell you just a quick story about a guardian angel? Yes, Stone's theory on guardian angels. Yes, sir. Go for it. They, you've driven on the freeway and you've taken an on ramp, an off ramp, whatever it might be, and you've seen a an old disheveled guy with a, a sign, uh, maybe an old uh, flea bitten dog, whatever it might be, out there. Uh, you know, as you come up to the uh, light, getting ready to, to you know to get off the freeway. My theory is that's when you'll see a guardian angel, because that's God's way of testing you to see if you will give and treat someone um, as an equal rather than just discounting them as a human being because of their present condition. So I think, I think there are tests uh, both in animals and people 
that God puts out there just to see what kind of a person you are when nobody's looking. Love it. On that same note, I think I read in this book called The 12 Steps and 12 Traditions that every AA meeting is an opportunity to be reminded that God has restored me to sanity and continues to keep me that way, right? Right. When, when I relate myself correctly to my fellow man. Mm-hmm. There it is. Yeah. And the meetings are are to kind of right-size me. And just like this uh, man or woman standing at the freeway off-ramp, mm-hmm. it is a reminder. Uh, uh, every meeting, every person in that meeting is a reminder that I am only sober uh, and saved one day at a time by the grace of God. And I'll tell you, for this junkyard dog who should have been put down long ago, you know, I am a miracle. I can't believe I'm still yeah. alive. Yeah. And that's a, a story that all of us can relate to, is especially the part, the last thing you just said, you can't believe that you're still alive with all the things and, you know, chances that we've taken and that kind of thing that, you know, but the, the big major point is, though, we like to think, and I think a lot of us do, we've learned from it. No matter how hard that lesson was and how low we were when we had to, to you know, spiritually understand it. We learn from those experiences, and hopefully we've reached back and helped someone else that might be going through the same thing, you know, in our journey. So it's not just a path of one. It's, it's, a, it's you know, a group of people that are heading in the, in the same direction. So we're going to be talking about specific events and occurrences that happen and early recovery. Some of them are going to be light. Some of them are going to be real heavy. Mm. But we just got to get down to to, uh, to nuts and bolts. So stick around with our friend Gary S. Only here on The Fourth Dimension. I'm your host, Toby C. Be right back. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. All right, we're back with Gary S. And, um, you know, you can't keep a good mouth down. And I'll tell you, we've had a lot of experiences, and especially Gary. And, um, we're going to be talking and sharing now some hopefully useful stories for newcomers or maybe people who have been at this a while and just can't seem to stay out of the endless revolving door of rehabs and recovery centers and hospitals. And, um, and open your mind to the fact that there might be um, a power greater than yourself that has completely stripped you away of any willpower to resist temptation and overcome evil. And that, that it's called the bondage of self. It's called self-will. And let's not get too deep. We're here to talk about stories about evil resistance to early attempts at recovery. What comes to mind first thing, Gary? What do you think? Um, I think a, a lot of times that one of the main reasons that someone might be having this battle of, you know, maybe they're starting to go to meetings and then they stop for a while and they go back again. And it, it's simply because that, you know, People talk about, you know, changing your environment, changing your friends, you know, a new beginning. 
That's really difficult to do, you know, if you've got uh, if you've been using with your brother or your or your sister-in-law or you've been getting your dope from uh, a guy you went to high school with, you know, uh, 20 years ago and you've kept in touch for whatever reason. So, you know, so these are some of the challenges that uh, that have to be met on some level. You can't just end up, you know, going and selling your house and uh, completely, uh, you know, distancing yourself from all your family members. And, and there's where the battle of good and evil uh, comes in with the support that you need. They understand what you're going through, what you're trying to accomplish, what it is on a daily, hourly, uh, minute by minute basis. This thing that we're trying to achieve is sobriety. So, you know, these kind of challenges seem so overwhelming when you when a newcomer first comes in uh, to those rooms and and is surrounded by all this information. Uh, you know, it's just like a big tidal wave, a tsunami that that overtakes them and sometimes it can be so overwhelming that it drives them out. So the challenge is evil. There it is. Yeah. Ultimately, the, yeah, of course. The challenge yeah. is is evil. It's it's just some negative energy that's going to give the sufferer an overwhelming reason to push away from uh, the meetings. And also, what you're talking about is, and, and newcomers really don't understand this 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 one principle about learning how to live with unresolved difficulties, learning how to live and be at peace with people that were were shackled to either by marriage or DNA or family reunions or we live under the same roof of them, and we can't escape these people. You know, well, self, you know, uh, uh, Toby, self medication, you know, people are so used to that, whether it's a glass of wine or, uh, you know, a couple of pills or whatever it might be, to get that, that, that glow, you know, that to where everything is going to be okay feeling. Um, but you talk about going into meetings. I've always thought that there should be, and maybe there, there are, but I'm not aware of them if it's so, uh, a strictly a newcomer meeting that, you know, uh, 30 days or, or 60 days or less led by someone that's been uh, sober for, for quite a while. Because the, I remember walking into a room long, long, long ago and just being surrounded by all these old timers. And I had no concept of the, you know, the big book or, or the 12 steps or, or whatever. And they were on me like ugly on a gorilla. I mean, they, you know, shooting all these phrases, all these, you know, all these stories. And, and, and I mentioned this tsunami that overwhelms me. Well, I left that meeting and I, and I thought to myself, wow, that's so much information. I didn't know where to start, where to stop or anything else. Was it good? Was it a turn on or a turn off? It was a completely a turn off. Yeah, completely a turn so, off. So, yeah. the, so these these old timers uh, in this this room that was full of cigarette smoke and everybody sitting around. Well, looking, nothing wrong with that. Everybody's sitting around looking <laughs> like it was a men's meeting. Yeah, oh yeah. And everybody's sitting around a bunch of old guys. I just yeah. remember I was young. It was a bunch of old guys sitting around looking like they had a corn cob up their ass. Yeah, and right. and they're all saying, you know, if you want what you know we have, want, well, if you want what we got. And I'm thinking to myself, no. <laughs> I don't want what you got. No, I don't. No. And, and, and you know what that was? That was, that was, well, you know, it was, it was evil. Yeah. It was the narrow mind. I was not willing to be open-minded to look beyond just the, the spoken word of if you want what we have. By the way, they were misquoting the big book. And it doesn't yeah. say if you want what we have. <clears throat> it says if you have decided yeah. that you want what we have, then you are willing to take certain right. steps. But, of course, they always misquote it because we're a bunch of sick people. Yeah, but so. were you even capable of having an open mind at that time? I mean, no. I, I know I wasn't. You know, No, I was just, you know, um, I was at my bottom. What do they say happens at the bottom? That we become as open-minded to conviction and as willing to listen as only the dying can be. Mm -hmm. And i got to tell you, yeah, that's why I came into recovery. I didn't want to die. 
And I was gonna, I was gonna, good reason. I was gonna listen a little bit. Yeah, but not a lot. Oh, you pick, you pick, listen. You, you, what sounds good, you know, initially you'll take some of that. But if somebody says something you don't agree with, you have to leave that, and you know, okay, well, whatever, you know, you find a thousand excuses. All right, so we've run out of time this segment. So oh. you, so you escaped telling us another juicy story, which, <laughs> we're, we're, of course, we haven't, you haven't even given us one yet. No, I can give you a dozen. Oh, good. But I don't, I don't want to steal. Show. Oh, well, yeah, but I don't want to steal the show. You're the guest, no. and uh, this isn't the Toby show. It's supposed sh- to be the Toby C. This is the show for everybody. It's called the Fourth Dimension. It's really for the for the newcomer or anybody who's listening who's really stuck in that rut of recovery. So stick around and keep an open mind as Gary and I talk about evil resistance that happens to so many of us in our earliest attempts at recovery. We're going to be right back with the Fourth Dimension with Toby C. Enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Making sense out of nonsense, making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. Wow. Moving right along, heavy. Gary. Yeah. Heavy, heavy yeah. stuff. Okay. Yeah. Hey, listen, don't get turned off, newcomers or listeners, if, if, uh, if, if you're uncomfortable with the talk about uh, Satan or evil or the devil or Lucifer. Yeah, maybe, you don't be- maybe they don't believe in Satan and the devil. A lot of people well, don't. Well, you know, there's yeah. some people who think that uh, if we uh, deny the existence uh, of the devil, then we really uh, diminish the uh, the existence of God. All of a sudden, God becomes abstract, and maybe that's what people, maybe that's what the devil or evil wants us to do to to be intellectualistic. Uh, that's a and, good word. And, yeah. uh, and maybe just deny the existence of the devil, which is a great way of uh, denying the existence of God. Well, if I can't see it, it doesn't exist, you know. And uh, <laughs> how interesting, though. You know, if the figure of the devil is missing, one also loses sight of the figure of God itself. It it makes the concept of God very abstract. But let's not get deep. No. Okay? Let's not do that. Stay in the shallow end of the pool. Stay in the shallow. Hey, all I'm saying, what are you saying? Gary, what? is that let's not be afraid to talk about evil, okay? Let's not put evil up on a pedestal. Um, and, but let's not uh, deny the existence of evil, okay? Uh, because as I... I often say that um, evil, uh, the figure of the devil, is indispensable to understanding the mysteries of faith. And mystery in God is a very big mystery, believe me. Uh, Life is a big mystery. Recovery is a big mystery. There's a lot of riddles in life and in recovery. And by the way, Mm. I read in the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions uh, in Chapter 2 on Step 2, it said something very timeless and universal. It said one of the answers to recovery and to the riddle of life, one of the answers to that riddle is the open mind. Mm. They keep repeating it over and over again. And that's what we've talked about, the narrow mind keeping us from those earliest moments when we walk in the door of that meeting. 
and uh, and and we see something we're not interested in, we forget. All of a sudden, we have a little amnesia about how drugs or alcohol or whatever uh, our obsession and and uh, and addiction and misuse and abuse was that brought us to the bottom. We forget that bottom all of a sudden. We say, eh, it's not that bad. I'm not as bad as these guys. I think I'm going to go back out. How many people, though, make this a lot harder than it is, should be? You know, if you, sure. if you, if you met people in meetings where, where they make it sound so difficult, so intricate, so overwhelming, so all-consuming of your life that people just shake their head and say, can't do it. By the way, is it possible that in this, in this, in buried in that same message are instructions about how to make this thing easy, how to, how to do this thing successfully? However, sometimes the listener, and I can guarantee you that was my story, I had a filter. I couldn't listen to any parts of the good message. Okay? Right. It was just too complicated. It was too difficult, too painful. Mm. You know, I was yeah. uh, the bewildered one. You were the bewildered one. I but look am. at you now, a beacon am. of hope. I'm, I'm still bewildered. I a just beacon. have a microphone and a headphone on. But You're doing I'm a hell of a job for the community, too. Still, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank always you. Good to, it's always good to be seen. So give us a good one, Gary. Okay, I, a, there's a, there was a time uh, where, and it's true, I mean, you can walk into meetings anywhere and you'll meet interesting characters and that kind of thing. Well, there's a time that um, I used to go to a really early morning meeting. I mean, we're talking like, uh, you know, 4.45 in the morning. And um, we're sitting in the meeting. This guy comes in disheveled, uh, you know, you know looked like he just uh, hopped off of a train, whatever, and and didn't say much and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Um, and he was walking, or actually he was riding a bicycle. So a couple of days later, I'm driving. It's, it's dark, uh, you know, driving to the meeting, and I see him walking down the street. And so I, I pull over and honk my horn, and, uh, you know, say, so you need a ride to the meeting, whatever. So it says, yeah, that, that, thanks. So I, I can't even remember what his name was, but all I know is that uh, I got him to the meeting, whatever, and then I noticed that he had um, on his belt probably the largest Bowie knife that I've ever seen in my life. And his hand was never, and I never, never noticed this before, but his hand was never, ever far away from that from that knife you know whether he's sitting in the meeting or or riding in the car or anything else and so the curious part of me after the meeting was over i, I told him i'd give him a ride back up to where i'd picked him up because i guess that's where he was staying someplace someplace up there and i asked him what the significance of that was and he said you know he'd been in the service and he'd always carried it and it gave him a sense of security and you know he hoped he never had to use it and you know and i told him i said well you know that can be really intimidating to somebody if you're talking to them uh, and you've got your hand tapping on the, on the uh, you know the handle of this large you know 12 inch knife or whatever. So he pulls it out and he says, you know, this knife saved my life. Yada yada yada. I went into this big long story that I didn't give a damn about, and luckily I got him out of the car. And even more luckily. Uh, he went to maybe about two more meetings and, and then disappeared off the face of the earth. But, you know, my point is, is that some of the people, you have to be aware of your surroundings, whether it's good to feel safe in the confines of a room with a bunch of drunks. Uh, but still, you've got to be aware of your surroundings because there is some crazy people that that have been, you know, maybe 
12 hours off of a speedball high or you know or whatever and you got to be you know you got to know what's going on you talk about evil talk about evil you know the flesh and blood evil in the world will uh, you know be around you at times when you don't uh, you know expect it to be there i love it yeah by the way, I happen to know that meeting as well. Yeah. The four forty-five a.m. Yeah. A six-day-a-week meeting yeah. at this particular club that, that's close by here. Yeah. In the Palm Springs area, that's where we are, by the way. And um, well, I'll tell you, I saw a lot of a lot of evil drag in at four forty, right? Five minutes before that meeting started, yeah. you'd be surprised. Well, it's coffee and, and you know, uh, free cup of coffee. It's nothing else. So. And, and when you were telling that story, I was thinking, I wonder if that's the guy that used to ride to that meeting in his tuxedo shoes. He had a, he had a he had a costume on like he was part of the Tour de France, but for oh, some yeah. reason he wore tuxedo shoes. Do you remember that guy? Yeah, I do. And he got hit by a car uh, on his way to the meeting. He was complaining about some lady hitting him with a car. The lady might have been under the influence. Could have been. So, uh, so about a month later, uh, you know, he's still riding, you know, back and forth. And and I actually um, saw him at four thirty mm-hmm. uh, on the road. Um, I was driving from a girlfriend's house. We won't talk about that. Okay. At that hour, but uh, <laughs> uh, to the hall, and lo and behold, there was this figure, this faint figure uh, down Portola Avenue uh, in the street, and he had no lights. Well, he no, deserves to be hit. No, no reflection. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I saw was the white part of his tuxedo shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I almost hit this guy. Yeah, well. But, uh, you know, you run into all kinds. and uh, that's, that's where you can't, you know, that's where the principles over personalities comes in. You can't. You can't judge the group or anything else by by individual, uh, you know, nutballs. Okay, so so I guess this is where we're going. This segment is to talk mm-hmm. about the devil and the demons at the meeting. I got a great story for you. Okay, if you, if you, if you want to hear a good one, the how the four is called for the four fifty a.m. meeting. How it got started was there was a group of people in the five thirty meeting, and there was and there there was a, a particular. Uh, actor, a particular suffering soul who was part of the 5.30 a.m. home group, and he was always sharing, and he just really annoyed a lot of these men. And by the way, it's kind of a contradiction for the newcomer because the 12-step program says that love and tolerance of others is our code. But anyway, there was this group of 12 angry men, and boy, were they grumpy, and they used to they used to cross-talk and really bust this poor guy's chops, and they decided that they've had enough of listening to this guy at 5.30, and they're going to start this meeting at 4.50 a.m., mm-hmm. right next door in the big room. Same building, but a right. different room that wasn't being used at that ungodly early hour of the morning. And um, it was kind of hush hush. Not a lot of people knew about it except the twelve angry men. And and I just uh, and I remember it was the 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 first day that they had this this new meeting to escape this terrible person at the five thirty meeting that they were trying to escape. Guess who showed up at the four fifty a.m. meeting? The guy <laughs> that they were trying to escape from. What did they do? I, I don't know. I think they yeah. were all just tongue-tied. I, you know, I don't think he got the memo that they were trying to escape him. He just thought it was kind of cool. He was a stockbroker, and he thought that he'd be able to get I to know, his— I know exactly. You know, and yeah. uh, I, you know, I, I love the guy personally myself. Did he end I, up hanging himself or something? No, 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 oh. no. He's still cruising and grooving oh, okay, and, and, uh, and sharing. You know, he had this beautiful suntan. He's a Beverly Hills boy, yeah. but uh, still is. And uh, I just thought that was the one, most wonderful story as far as—there it is. That's— that's the demon that just kind of awaits all of us in this kinship of common oh, suffering. Let me tell you something. Well, couldn't it, that be a God shot too? 
the 12 angry men, him showing up uh, at that meeting, uh, you know, to teach them that, you know, you can't just cut somebody up. You actually have to have an open mind and listen because this person might have something to say that's valuable. There you go. The 12 angry men. And by the way, that's a little cliche. That's part of the big book. They talk about the 12 angry men. Right. But uh, they weren't being open-minded. Right. They this this man who, by the way, both Gary and I, we I'm, I happen to be be very fond of this man that I'm, I'm speaking of, and and I loved his shares, and he was very passionate, and uh, and I could hear a really good message quite often. Okay, uh-huh. but not the twelve angry men. No, they had a filter. They were deaf. This is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Can you say that on the radio? I. If I have to delete that out or something, oh, okay. I don't know. Not on Christian radio. If this thing ever makes it onto no, a Christian uh, broadcast, will be pissed. I'll tell you. But uh, <laughs> you got to be politically correct uh, yeah. uh, nowadays. But uh, you know, that's what uh, they, they. I've heard it said in these meetings. There's so much love, and we bring our demons in with us to the to this kinship of common suffering. And let me tell you something: you either change. Or you leave. Yeah. You and your demon, you pack your stuff up and you hit the road because they're just, it's not going to stick around long enough. And there it is. And what happens in these meetings, if you stay in these meetings long enough, the view out the window of the bus changes, okay? Mm-hmm. You just got to yeah. stick around. And there's something that wants to get you off the bus. There's something that's going to tell you every single day. That's why it's a daily reprieve from this bad attitude. That uh, there's that I don't want this kinship. I like being lonely. Yeah. Uh, there's some there's some um, paranormal energy that says that it keeps telling me I like my own company personally, and I really don't like to be around people. Right. You've heard that. Yeah. Maybe you've spoken that. I know I have. So have I. It's called sloth, by the way, not being available for people and shutting down. Well, sometimes, like I said earlier, you know, when you're a lot of people are taught that, uh, especially if you're, you come from a, a as an only child or whatever, you're you're actually forced to spend time with yourself, and you become very very comfortable alone or isolated, as people call it. Uh, you know that kind of thing. So it's a natural it's a natural state for you to be in, because on those rainy days or whatever it is, you don't have any brothers or sisters or that kind of thing. You're you know, you're by yourself. What do you do? You read a book, you play a game, you invent, you know, you watch TV, you do all these kind of things, but you're alone. And that becomes your comfortable place. And there's listen, there's nothing wrong with spending time with yourself. Nothing no way. wrong. I couldn't yeah. agree. There's healthy alone. Yeah. And there's unhealthy alone. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's all good. So, what were you, <laughs> right, hey, so it seems to me like this hour, our theme is really talking about uh, the evil that uh, is a, that awaits us at the doors of recovery when we try to step into that room, that kinship of common suffering. Yeah. And there's all kinds of stuff that happens right at that moment. We cross that threshold, and we're going to continue talking about evil and the devil and Satan and and just, you know, bad luck. Only here on The Fourth Dimension, I'm your host, Toby C., with our guest, Gary S. Be right back. Stand by. Enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com.
you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong. In the Fourth Dimension with Toby C. Welcome back to the Fourth Dimension. And uh, I'm your host, Toby C. And with our guest, Gary S. And uh, I guess the theme of our show uh, for this hour, as it relates to evil resistance to early attempts at recovery, is the weird things that happen um, in the the kinship of common suffering called the group, the group therapy, the the meeting group, the home group, whatever you want to call it. The homies. The homies. <laughs> and and, uh, and it's funny. A lot of people think that uh, that we can that it's the uh, the group that gets us sober. A lot of people think that it's a group of men or a group of women uh, that get us sober. But uh, you know, we come to learn that it's really God. There's only one who. Uh, um, no human power can really relieve our suffering, uh, I've come to learn, but only God could and would if he were sought, and that's a God of my understanding. And, um, and there's something, um, when people are seeking God in this group, there's some, something else that awaits them. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sitting in a meeting up in Northern California, okay? We're talking about weirdness, strangeness, high strangeness. And I'm sitting next to this guy. I mean, I've been going to the meeting probably for, you know, a couple of months uh, on a regular basis. And, you know, you shove your little chairs and your sections because people are territorial, you know, and, you you know, you piss around the room and, you know, you mark your spot and all that. So so I'm sitting there and this uh, guy comes in and I, I swear, uh, if he'd been sober um, six hours away from a, a cocktail or a drug, uh, I would have uh, lost money on that on that bet. So we're going to the meeting, you know, you know how it goes with the, you know, you're reading the stuff and yada, yada, how it works. And blah, 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 blah. all of a sudden, I'm, I, he gets my attention because I smell something. This guy drops a deuce and urinates on himself right there. I mean, right in the chair there, you know, right there, you he, know. He pulled a Linda Blair. What he did. Right That's there. what he did. A yeah. Linda Blair, The yeah, Exorcist. A, oh, okay, yeah. Remember I, Linda get, Blair, yeah. The Exorcist. I never saw the movie, actually. Okay, I'm sorry. I read the book. But. She kind of pulled the same thing. Yeah, and what do you do? I mean, it's a packed house. You know, do you do you get up there and move? Do you focus it? I mean, everybody can smell it, see it. Was so, it good I, or I, evil? It was. Well, it was. Well, you can imagine. I mean, the guy was was the, oh, the guy God. was the guy was a mess. He was sick. He, he was sick. But how sick am I having to sit there and deal with this? So finally, I just. Uh, I got up and I uh, went over to the coffee machine and and uh, grabbed a grabbed some coffee and whatever just so I could breathe again, and and people were kind of moving away and and I, then I walked back to him and I said, are you know I said, do you need some medical assistance? Are you okay? And he was just so embarrassed. You know, my guy, you can imagine how embarrassing. You know that would be the guy was had to be in his like you know forties or whatever, and he and, and he you know he drops a couple of kids off at the pool right there in this um, in this meeting. Um, so was it was it was it a, was it kind of a did he did he not realize at that moment what he was doing it was kind of a form of Tourette's he he just uh, uh, Tourette's I would say <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't but, know what his I you know I'm not a physician I don't know what his problem was he could have maybe he had Crohn's disease okay. for all I know, all right, you know wait, I don't, so so let's wait let's keep an open mind here for a second wonderful was this was was, was this. <laughs> Was this? Hey, let's keep an open mind <laughs> here, right, Gary. Was this a natural act, or Taking could, a dump, or, yeah. or, or, or 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 was this the behavior of someone who was possessed? No, uh, and maybe, maybe uh, he was seeking attention. <laughs> Had a weird yeah. way of doing it. You know, I don't. I well, don't know. 
you know, his spirit was was crying out for attention, and yeah, he wanted to. He, got he wanted it. to. He wanted to shock everybody. He did that, and uh, and he wanted to call a bunch of negative attention to himself. You know, that's just another uh, way of calling negative attention to ourselves. A little extreme, but uh, I'd say so. Yeah. So anyway, the point is, is I uh, I called his. Evidently, he lived in the area, and his I called his uh, sister, and I told her to bring a roll of Charmin with her. <laughs> A couple of uh, you know bottles of water. I explained to her what was going on, and and he went into the restroom and you know tried to clean himself up or whatever. And uh, but this was a public place that that was used as an you know as a office break room type situation. So we had to find some you know uh, I finally found a bucket and some and and a mop and some you know Clorox and whatever so we could disinfect the place you know and the chairs and what. The point is is. You got to be prepared uh, for things other than just the word when you uh, you know when you go into the rooms. So what you were describing, Gary, was a test. Yeah, this was a test, and there was a lot of different players in the room at that moment. There yeah. were newcomers trying to figure out if they want to stick around this shit show. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, really. Okay, or and there were some old timers and 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 people had been around for a while and then there was this suffering soul here okay for whatever reason he acted out and did this he acted out okay is basically what he did and that was a very extreme form of acting out and the newcomers watching this they're watching how we treat our our sick brethren mm-hmm. okay remember love and tolerance of others is our code they're watching to see if we really back it up right, right. Or, or if we're going to go ahead and judge this guy and throw his 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 or just sorry leave and leave him there from yeah, his, and, yeah. just, and let him just kind of wallow in his own filth and, yeah. and and be disgusted so the newcomer is watching this and I can guarantee you um, evil wants the newcomer to get a bad impression he wants to see a lot of intolerance yeah. and, um, and and anger uh, and 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 the good that's in us, that's available to us, if we open our mind to it, can 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 watch, can 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 witness the fact that quite often we don't shoot our wounded. We're there to render first aid, you know, no matter how sick they are. Right. And uh, what a great example, though. Yeah, really. I'll, I'll tell you about talking about getting your getting your attention. There's another. Uh, uh, I was visiting a friend who happened to be <clears throat> over at Betty Ford, and. Uh, I would, you know, shoot in the breeze. It was when it was a Sunday afternoon, you know, you were allowed to go in, whatever. And I was talking to one of the counselors there, and he was telling me the story that there was a certain bar that was located just down the block or across the street or in some areas of uh, Betty Ford that had a deal that for some reason everybody knew about that when people got through with their, you know, 28 days or whatever, and they got their chip or whatever, the bartender there would give them five free drinks for for their chip, you talk about the devil. Yeah, is, it, is yeah. this good or evil? Is this well, good? Uh, I would say it's 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 a test. It's certainly evil on the bartender's part or whatever. Ah. But yeah, and you wouldn't believe. I walked in there uh, a couple of days later after I heard about this, and sure enough, on the the bar there was there must have been two hundred. Uh, uh, thirty-day chips, chips on the on the on the walls, the medallions, yeah, medallions yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But you talk about they're like trophies yeah. in, a, in, yeah. a, in a hunting uh, yeah, lodge. This, yeah, this guy was uh, you know you know feeding on the uh, 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 you know on these new on these newcomers that you know they were all in that golden glow of oh I'm sober. It's been twenty-eight days since I've had yeah. a drink, and all of a sudden they you know there it is. Yeah, 
It's the test. Yep. It's the test. That's right. And we're tested on a daily, at least an hourly, minute-by-minute basis, a lot of us. So. All right. So do not be discouraged when we come back for hour two with our guest, Gary S. We're going to continue talking about evil resistance to early attempts at recovery, and especially the kind of crazy stuff that happens to newcomers and a lot of us at this kinship of common suffering called a meeting, group therapy. So uh, thank you for joining us and stick around for hour two, only here on The Fourth Dimension, and I'm your host, Toby C. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Welcome to the Fourth Dimension with Toby C., where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery the battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult, the psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby. Well, don't be turned off by the fact that we're going to be talking about evil. We're going to be talking about the devil. You might hear us mention the G word, God. But this is a show about recovery. Welcome to Hour 2, and we're with our in-studio guest and my good personal friend, Gary S. Welcome. Thank you. Great to see you, and great to be with you, and great to hear your wisdom and your stories. I don't know about wisdom, but stories. Okay. Yeah. Um, So, here's the deal. Um, Our theme last hour was we were really talking about the the evil that awaits so many of us. Again, we're going to be talking about the the evil that awaits anyone who's trying to overcome evil. How about that? Anybody who's uh-huh. trying to overcome evil, the resistance of evil is there. Let me tell you something. We talked about this earlier. Um, maybe there is one who has all power, and that one is God, and may you find him now. But i got to tell you, there is a resistance to us trying to get better, and it is much, much more powerful than many of us when we're in the bondage of self. And so many of us hit the bottom, and we come into recovery, and we find one of the first fruits of recovery is this thing called unity, and we find the unity in this kinship of common suffering called group therapy or the home group or fellowship hall or the Alano Club or wherever you go. There's a bunch of people trying to recover from what you're suffering from. There's there's good. There's hope. And and the antithesis of good and, and hope. And there's free coffee. And there's free coffee. Mm-hmm. And there's there's beautiful people too. Yeah, sometimes it's just as simple as that. It's a place to get some free coffee, you know? It's interesting. In <clears throat> the meeting, there are beautiful people. And there are ugly people. And there are douche canoes also. <laughs> in, the meeting, in the meetings, there's people who really um, uh, speak a few words and, and say a lot. And there's some people who say a lot and they, they, they really don't speak much of anything that's, that's useful. Yeah. And um, it's very discouraging. So how about that? How about that one of the, the, one of the demons that awaits the newcomer um, 
or anybody for that matter, especially the vulnerable newcomer, is discouragement. That's why one of the, the favorite mantras is do not be discouraged because recovery can be kind of a, a bumpy road. But I'll tell you, when you come to that meeting, uh, and we talked about this earlier, it's very discouraging. You know, we, we come from a lot of pain. We're at the bottom. And the last thing we want to do is endure any more pain. Right, Gary? That's correct. And, uh, and, and I can't tell you how many times in early recovery I said, F this. And I went to the liquor store or I went to the drug dealer uh, to overcome this pain because I wasn't finding the solution in that room. Right. The happiness wasn't there. You, I mean, all aboard the happy train and you didn't have a ticket. Yeah, yeah, happy, happy, joy, joy. They, they, I couldn't see what these guys could see. Yeah, and uh, well, you weren't capable of it at that point. You know, your eyes were not opened. I was really, I was sick. Yeah. I didn't know how sick and 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 toxic I was. I still am. Yeah, but I'm less. Sick Are we all? And, I'm less sick and less toxic. What today. about thirteenth steps? Well, you know, by the way, yeah. it's a program of attraction, yeah. and I hear it quite often. And this was certainly my case. You know, I, I. I like the morning meetings, and and I need to go to a home group. And I like the eye candy. I'll be the first to admit I like, I like looking at pretty women. Yeah, but what do you do when you see and, somebody and, preying on them? That's the that's the <sighs> challenge when you see someone, uh, a, a lady that's uh, newly sober or trying to get sober, and you see somebody hone in on them. You know, I'll help you, baby. Type. My you know? my first default, Gary, would be to go into anger. I get mm-hmm. angry, and, that, oh, yeah. and I think that's where the devil wants me to go. Again, what, what's our code? Love and tolerance of others is our code. And uh, and so I'm supposed to have a compassionate, open mind and open heart and pray for this person and, and, and his or her behavior. Um, but no, my default is uh, to be PO'd and uh, to... to uh, do, you warn, do you warn the person? Do you uh, do you take a... The victim? Take the, well, the, the victim? Either that or do you pull aside the, the, uh, the, perpetrator? Uh, the guy? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and say, hey, you know, you're not... That's not cool. My, my default is to uh, – I'm, I'm not big, and this is probably a character defect with me. I'm not the type of person to call somebody Con- – Confrontation uh, uh, is not uh, your cup well, of tea? No, no, uh, uh, criticism. Yeah. Um, it's not uh, – I'm good at com- confronting people openly and publicly and, uh, and in, in the open forum. But to, to call somebody and say, hey, would you knock it off? I just That's just not a good message for the newcomer or take them aside. That's that's kind of one-on-one uh, criticism. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and sometimes that's probably the best approach. That's the more mature – calm way to handle something but of course my defective nature is to is to make some wisecrack during the meeting yeah. uh, and, and blend it into my share and to shame this person and to let them know that that type of behavior is unacceptable or at least that I don't practice it and, and you start moving into self-righteousness and la 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 but you yeah. know what the whole thing is confusing to the newcomer the meeting newcomer if you're not careful the meeting can become very, very confusing. And that's where the devil wants you to remain the bewildered one. And, um, and there it is. Or <laughs> In the meeting. Oh, yeah. In the meeting. So do you agree, Gary, mm-hmm. that, that the meeting, there's a good energy. There's a good juju. There's a love. There's a kinship that, um, that really... Uh, the the demon of self really doesn't want to hang out uh, uh, in the midst of too long. They'll be there, but uh, remember, you either you either change or you leave. Yeah, you take your demon and you pack your stuff and you get out. Well, you know, a lot of people. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I think a lot of people use, you know, for a variety of reasons, they come into the room, whether it's just to hang out. 
not listen, just to be around other people, whether it's to really hone in and, uh, you know, work their steps and try to learn as much as they can, whether it's uh, because they were forced there because they had to have to get their court uh, card signed. Um, so you have a whole variety of reasons of why people, uh, you know, end up going to meetings, you know, they pay their, excuse me, pay their dollar and, um, and move on. But I think that on the whole, what you said is true. There's a lot of goodness there. I'm not so, I'm not so sure about the pure, have I seen a lot of evil in meetings on a individual level? Yeah, I have. But as far as uh, going into a room and and being instantly aware of evil in the room, <clears throat> that has not personally been my experience. Um, I, I've seen it come in at a certain point, at a certain time, through a certain person or, or a set of circumstances. Um, but on, on the whole, you know, it, like you said earlier, it takes so much courage to to get out of your car and walk into those rooms for the first time anyway. For whatever reason, whether you were forced to by the court, whether you were forced to by your family, or whether you just on your own initiative, uh, you know, took the steps to, to, to get there. It takes so much courage there that I kind of view it as uh, the beginning of a, of a of hopefully a positive experience for someone. Do you believe, and I probably know the answer, do you believe that it's possible for people to be possessed by a bad spirit? Boy, that's... That's a re- for me. That's a really, really difficult question. Have you ever uh, witnessed somebody who is clearly under the influence of 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 an evil, dark energy? I have, but usually it's because they were either jacked up, jacked up, or coming off being jacked up, going through withdrawal or something like that. I've not, I've not experienced a person where that was totally sober or whatever and all of a sudden like you mentioned linda blair you know all of a sudden her head started spinning or his head started spinning and that kind of thing i i have not experienced that there's usually been a reason for the person's actions or their comments or their you know whatever many people come into recovery uh insane mm-hmm. and step two is we come to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore, restore us to sanity, to sanity. right and is and and by the way, you don't have to be jacked up or drunk or acting out in in any various uh, obsession to have this this insanity. Remember that that alcohol abuse or drug abuse was was merely a symptom of a deeper underlying condition. And and we're just curious if this deeper underlying condition was darkness, was evil, was hopelessness, was the demon of fear, was the demon of uncertainty, and. And I believe in the 12-step movement, it says that that selfish self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles, driven by a hundred forms of what? Of fear. That's where God wants to, or that's where God does not want us to be. And and, then something other than goodness wants to keep us in fear. And fear takes so many different forms. And whether or not it's this Linda Blair experience you had in the meeting where, the, where a person dropped a deuce in the middle of the meeting, or or if it's just somebody coming in and listening to a, a bad message, and they can't filter the message and listen to anything good because they're so toxic and sick and angry. And uh, and so so there it is. You know, you, we just lost, uh, or some people just lost, Rush Limbaugh not long ago. And here's a guy that you talk about being sane and that kind of thing, and yet here's a guy that was doing a lot of OxyContin and 
still maintained a very high functioning level on a, in a very very difficult sure. industry talk radio. So just because you know, I think it's really important for people newcomers especially to realize that <clears throat> that it's not always the drug. The, yeah, it's, and it's not always the bums and people that are out of control or th- or you know are are sleeping in their own vomit or something like that. There's some pretty high functioning people out there that are addicted up to their gills with drugs uh you know alcohol is a whole different sure. story but the drugs are is, is a yeah. the people who come into recovery are people who have hit their bottom they're doing something and some aspect of their life has become unmanageable or they're forced to or they're forced to yeah. they're, they're they're a victim of circumstance yeah. or but, the courts they're a victim of the courts where they say you either you either go into a recovery a program or you're going to jail or you're going to be fined, you know, a lot of money, which is, I think, was the case with Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. He was directed, you know, he was trying to buy uh, oxytocin and his mate out to buy dr- oh. drugs. And uh, they said, you know, he went into some place in Arizona for 60 days or whatever it was and, and evidently got it the first time. God bless him for being able to do that because a lot of people don't get it the first time. I think this would be a good theme for our next segment is to talk about does evil, does the devil, does some negative paranormal energy uh, manifest uh, itself in the form of insanity? And so many of us are abnormal because we're insane. Uh, we just can't uh, seem to get along with other people or get along with ourselves. And we come into recovery to overcome this insanity. So you can call this insanity whatever you want. But I've experienced it personally uh, as evil. I've witnessed this insanity as evil. People do insane things, not because they're jacked up or they're under the influence of drugs or alcohol or anything else. They, they do it because they have an overwhelming compulsion to do just that. And in recovery, you know, they don't mince words. They talk about casting out and driven right out and expelling something out of us. So newcomers don't... Don't fear, you know, you can you can overcome this thing, but you can't overcome something you don't understand. And it takes work, too. It really does. Yeah. It, it works if you work it. So stand by. We're going to be right back with our, our good friend, Gary S. And this is our show about recovery, recovery from evil resistance to early attempts at recovery, only here on The Fourth Dimension with your host, Toby C. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. There is no such thing as coincidence. There's no such thing as bad luck. There's no such thing as bad karma. Let's call it what it is. It's, it's, it's the antithesis of good. Whatever you want to call it. Call it paranormal experiences. Call it the uh, being visited from the alien within. You know, Sigmund Freud broke it down into uh, the, the human psyche into three areas. One was called the id, 
which can be easily remembered by uh, ID can be uh, can be termed instinctual drives, right? Right. And then we've got uh, Freud talked about the ego, which is this kind of no man's land, okay, of, of selfish self-centeredness. That's our identity crisis called the ego. And then Freud uh, gave a third uh, classification of, uh, of um, the human psyche called the superego. Mm-hmm. And this is where really good things happen, right? And so there's this battle. There's this battle, newcomers. If, you kind of, or if you're Freudian or if you follow Freud, you're kind of stuck in no man's land. You're stuck in selfish self-centeredness. You're stuck in the ego. And there's something called the id, the instinctual survivalist in you, the selfish self-centered you know, me first, hashtag me first, that wants to drag you into misery. And, and ultimately um, create defective relationships with others and with yourself. But there's the antithesis of that, and it's called the superego. It's good, and it wants you to, to come out of self and, and deliver you from self-consciousness. And in the 12-step program, they talk about being moved toward a God-consciousness and away from a self-consciousness. But there it is, you know, and, and um, we're talking about the meeting. We're talking about... Uh, what happens when we first come into the meetings, our memories of, of either our own personal experiences or witnessing what happens to people who come into meetings and they just don't figure it out. I've witnessed a few people die, Gary. Yeah, I've witnessed so a I. few people come in, come out, come in, come out. Uh, do you put think your, put your foot in the middle and shake it all about? Hokey pokey. I'm sorry. This resistance to put both feet in and to sit all the way down and to really take this thing serious, yeah, is 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 just you know. Well, some people don't have the patience, the tolerance. Maybe they've got ADHD. There's a whole variety of reasons why people can't uh, you know concentrate for an hour or listen for an hour. You know, it doesn't mean you have to get up and share and. Scream, you know, like you talk about drunkologues, tell your story. Because nine chances out of ten, nobody wants to hear it anyway. Um, you think you're terminally unique, but most of the people think, you know, they don't, they could care less. They got their own stories to tell that, that are better than yours. So, you know, I, I just I just hope that, that there, it, for a newcomer that goes into me, I hope there's one sentence or even a couple of words that are valuable enough where they remember, and it's the hook that brings them back the next day or makes maybe makes them go to a speaker's meeting that night or whatever whatever it might be, just just to pique their interest enough to say, you know, this might be worth listening to. But you're talking about the open mind, Gary. Yeah. And and an evil or negative energy wants to keep our mind closed. It wants to keep us in utter contempt of our fellow man. Remember? Um Contempt prior to investigation, unfair judgment, the narrow mind. So how do you battle that then? Well, I'll tell you exactly how you battle it. You've got to hit your bottom and get your butt kicked, all right? And while your butt's kicked and you ain't got anything else to pay attention to, you grab a hold of a sponsor or a life coach or somebody who's been down this road before, and you look at them and say, will you please take me through the 12 steps so I can go ahead and clean house? Will you go ahead and bury your nose in the big book and pay attention to me so I can go ahead and expel this, this, this obsession that keeps me, you know, continuing to be a junkie and a drunk one day at a time instead of happy, joyous, and free? You know, and that's how to do it. And 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 you bet you mentioned this before. And it takes courage. Mm-hmm. And there's the antithesis of courage is what, is fear. Yeah. 
You better believe or it. Or cowardice or, or whatever it might be called, whatever you or, want. Or ego. Yeah. Yeah. Or ego. Yeah. And there it is. How many, how many people has ego killed? I wonder. You know, fighting for your ego. Surviving as the person you think you are, but really the door is not opened. You really have no idea who you are uh, sober. So how do we overcome? How can the newcomer... And we have a short segment here, so we're going to be wrapping it up, and we're going to have to do this after the bottom of the hour. But we need to know how the newcomer keeps an open mind after they start to heal physically and and, they start to get some clarity back, right? How does the newcomer heal and, and, and pass, continue to pass these tests that the devil puts out there in front of us. And I'm telling you, I've heard stories about there are weird tests that the devil or evil throws out in front of us. And I'm telling you, people have no problem calling a baggie of methamphetamine the devil, okay? But when they talk about a bad message and a discouraging uh, sick person who's discouraging us and wanting us to go away and get loaded, they don't want to talk, you know, call that the devil. Well, who's that person that's encouraging? It's usually that person. You know, it's that little voice in your head that that'll tell you that one more time, one more two, one it's, more. It's what adventure. you hear. Yeah. It's self-talk. You better believe it. All right, we're going to be back with Gary S. This is our show called the Fourth Dimension, and the Fourth Dimension is a higher level of planular thinking. It's called the open mind, and that's where the devil does not want us to be. So do not be discouraged, newcomer. Listen for the message. This thing works if you work it. Stand by. I'm Toby C. And this is our show called the Fourth Dimension. Enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Making sense out of nonsense, making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. We're back with our our friend and associate in recovery, Gary S. And um, we're talking about the evil that awaits anyone who's trying to get better and the evil that awaits all who are better and, and trying to trip us up and bait us um, with something called temptation so we can be delivered into evil. And let me tell you, temptation awaits us at the meeting in the kinship of common suffering. And Gary and I were talking about earlier of people who, you know, that we're close to, who we, we loved, who we spent a lot of time and attention with, and who are no longer here because... Uh, something happened or didn't happen at the meeting. What do you think, Gary? They just didn't get it. I mean, listen, you know, it's an old tired cliche, which I've embarrassed to even say it. You know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Well, the same thing is true in recovery. I mean, you you can, the information's there. There are certainly enough people that are willing to share their experience, strength, and hope. There's a whole... Uh, 
so many opportunities available, different meetings, women's meetings, men's meetings, gays, transgenders, stra- you know, everything is, is, uh, is available. There's conventions, there's all kinds of stuff. But if somebody is either unwilling or, or the <clears throat> power of drugs and alcohol is so strong, you, I mean, you can't watch somebody 24-7. Even you know, even at uh, at recovery centers, you know, or prisons, you know, people still sneak, or can get uh, narcotics, or they make their own wine, or whatever it might be. So I mean, sometimes the drugs and the alcohol and the other stuff wins. It's unfortunate. I have a good friend of mine. I found him in his apartment, uh, uh, harder than a carp. You know, he was uh, dead. You know, cold, stiff. Because he uh, been going to meetings, been trying to read the big book, but you know, talked. I talked to I blew in the face. Other people had talked to him, and everything else. I went over to pick him up, and nobody answered. His door was unlocked. I went in, and uh, and there he was, you know, on his uh, on his sofa, uh, like I said, deader than a doornail. And what do you do? Well, you know, unfortunately, like I said, sometimes the drugs and the alcohol wins. So. Did he did he attempt to go to meetings? Yeah, and, and, he, and, and he'd been to the meeting the night before. Mm-hmm. And, and OD'd. And did he put any time together? Was he able to put a little time uh, together? A week and or? a half, two weeks, okay. you know, at a time. Then he'd go out for a day or two, and they'd come mm-hmm. back again and tell his story. And and a lot of people had given up and thrown in the towel. You know that they're him. tired of yeah, tired of you know this uh, this repetition. But he, he was a fr- he was a fringe operator. Yeah, he's a frequent flyer. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's a but it it's. It's a it's a disease of uh, you know recidivism. You know people go out and they come back, and that's that's part of the dynamic. And you know whether fortunately or unfortunately, some people get it the first time. Other people, it takes ten times before they get it. Okay, so drugs and alcohol are powerful, and uh, to certain people like myself. Um, they can be a power greater than myself. And I'm not going to call drugs and alcohol evil right now, okay? But let me ask you, Gary, what can overcome the compulsion to drink and use and get loaded and to check out? What Serving other people, service to others is the only first thing that comes, that comes to mind. You Occupying go. yourself with somebody else's a situation and a giving of yourself, you know, Love whether it. it's at the soup kitchen or, or or Goodwill or whatever it might be, getting off your ass, getting in your car and going and doing something to make somebody else's life better, easier, whatever it is. Because Beautiful. yeah, the, the the moment you spend time, even if it's a half an hour with yourself, listening to that voice in your head, there's a really good chance that that voice is going to uh, you know start taking the top off a Tangeray bottle or. Or, you know, going through somebody's uh, medicine cabinet or, or whatever it might be. It's a dangerous place to live. So when we're not serving self, we have an opportunity to serve others. Mm-hmm. There exactly. it is. Exactly. And uh, so let's, let's be clear that self is bad, selflessness is good. Just for the, the context of this, this show and this right. conversation, okay? Let's, yeah. just, let's just stick with that theme. And um, if... If no human power can relieve our suffering, Gary, mm-hmm. um, and again, let's go deep and esoteric, and maybe only God could and would if he were sought, then why do we need to, uh, to rely upon a power greater than ourselves in order to defeat the demon of self? 
So there it is. So not to get too deep and heavy, newcomers, but there it is. When we walk in the door, we're full of selfish self-centeredness. Call it an identity crisis. And this whole idea about moving into selflessness is very fleeting and very foreign and very vague and very nebulous. And uh, the only people who really are willing to listen and pay attention again, remember, are the people who have hit their bottom, who have hit their bottom, and they become as open-minded to conviction and as willing to listen as only the dying can be. Your friend who died, I'll bet he had hit his bottom. That's why he probably came to the meeting like most of yeah. us. Did he stay at the bottom, though, or was he just kind of bouncing around? He was and just bouncing around. Shucking yeah. and jiving. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah. yeah. Half-assing it, you know. Right. You know, you know it's uh, doing the, doing the, probably doing the best he could at the time, but... You know, as far as, uh, you know, giving it uh, 100, well, even giving it 80 percent, uh, he wasn't there yet. What? So let's use our imagination. What do you think kept him? Let's use our imagination. What do you think kept him from getting it? Do you think you heard a bad message or um, uh, or was he or was he still possessed and unwilling to clean house? So the greatest. Yeah, God he wasn't willing to do the work involved. He was, you know, like I said, he was gonna. Didn't want to he, do the house He cleaning. wanted to take an easier, softer way. There it is. Yeah, and there is so, no easier, softer no. way. Half measures availed us nothing. Yeah. yeah. So there it is. Wow. Um, well, I've seen people certainly come in and out of the meetings, and and sometimes they uh, they stay and they get better. There was a whole herd of us. I remember that kind of came in in our late twenties and early thirties. Right. And then there was a whole herd of us that came in again in our late forties and early fifties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to be on both waves. Right. And uh, and I didn't get taken out and put down um, in between. But uh, I got to tell you, a lot of a lot of men and women that I remember in that first wave, um, they didn't stick around and, and they're no longer with us. Right. And um, whew, what a balancing act, gang. Yeah. What a that. balancing act, it and. Is, uh, uh, and we come in, and um, so you know, I heard that uh, that that the 12-step program is a, do- a design for living that actually works, and um, and that the purpose of sponsorship, Gary, is to prepare the sponsee to become a sponsor. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, I have heard. Yeah. And. Um, and how few of us get that memo. I know you knew me in early recovery. You, you know, we had the same sponsor and kind of hung around the same group. And I never got that memo. Right. I, I you know, I, my, my sponsor, our, our mutual friend was developing a deep and meaningful relationship with me. We were going out hunting and gold mining and yeah. going out for breakfast and men's groups and cracking jokes. But I never really got prepared to, to, uh, to become a sponsor. Right. And um, Well, yeah, a lot of people don't know any of that stuff, though. That stuff, I mean, you have to, you have to stick around to learn about that whole concept. Well, you know what I discovered is I didn't have an overwhelming and compelling reason to be sober. That's why I didn't stick around. That's why I didn't get this thing the first time around. Right. I didn't have an overwhelming and compelling reason to get sober. I had a good reason to get loaded. Yeah. Always yeah. had a good reason to get high and loaded. You yeah. better believe it. So <clears throat> here's what I learned this time around. And I thank God, and I hope that this is helpful to the newcomer who's trying to figure this out because there's something that doesn't want you to figure this out that you're going to become a sponsor if you open yourself and your mind up to it. And if your experience is anything like Toby's here, that it's this joy of working with others. It's this joy of seeing this light go on in this empty, dark house. It's this joy of watching others recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish. 
It's this. It's the other person that gives me one day at a time an overwhelming and compelling reason to try to be healthy in mind, body, and spirit, so I can be available to render first aid, you know, to my my weak brethren if if the opportunity presents itself. And there it is. And I can guarantee you there is something. There was something early on in recovery, testosterone, vim and vigor, distraction, youth. I don't know what it was. But it says you don't want to, to pay attention to people, Toby. You want to pay attention to yourself. And, um, and there it is. And I've watched a lot of people who never get the memo and never have an overwhelming and compelling reason. You know, they finally ask themselves, what's the point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got, I got a year and I'm miserable and I'm unhappy and I'm dry and I can't get drunk and I can't get loaded. What's the point of all this? And that's where the devil wants you. The devil wants you to say, what is the point? And you know, the answer to that is that the point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. La, la, la. That ain't enough to keep me sober, baby. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So it's the other person. It's the other person. You've sponsored men. Carrie, and you've witnessed some successes and, and some, a lot of failures and a lot of defeats. Yeah. What was the defeat? What took him out? Was it boredom? Was it frustration? Was it disappointment? What demon took uh, your, your pukes out? No, somebody told him it was going to be a whole, they were going to live in this, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, this uh, uh, pink cloud forever. And then reality set in and they actually had to work the steps and, you know, they had to go back to work. Or their physical jobs, they had to live life on life's terms, and all of a sudden that that uh, euphoric, happy place that they were in for a while uh, <clears throat> disappeared, and life took over, and they were not willing or couldn't handle it. They didn't rely on on the strength of the of their program, or either that, or they gave up working their program. Whatever reason, uh, you know, they threw in the towel, and that was it. There it is. Done. You know what? Some people have so much frustration with and you touched on it just now Gary is the H word humility mm -hmm. right yeah and uh, oh god I hated that word in the beginning humility this blah 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 hey check it out I got a good example yeah. a good a, a good definition of humility you know, and, and I'm going to keep it real simple for, for anybody who's listening it's putting God first yeah and if you're anything like me I have a lifetime of putting me first so I'm not good at it but when I try to put God first it's called practicing humility. Yeah. And when I pay attention to my fellow brethren properly, it's a way of trying to place God first. And there it is, my friend. And I read in this 12 and 12 publication, it says, by, by refusing to place God first, I deprive myself of his help. Mm -hmm. There it is. Yeah. Until uh, one so humbles themselves, their sobriety, if any, will be precarious. Of real happiness, they will find none at all. Yeah. It's true. Yep. And, and so uh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'll tell you what we're going to do. What? When we come back for our fourth and final segment of Hour 2 with Gary, yeah. we're going to try to come up with a couple of hints about how to try to place the well-being of others first. That's a good idea. Which is a way of trying to place a power greater than ourselves first. And it's not easy, but there's a lot of examples of the right way to do it and the not so right way to do it. There's no wrong way to get sober. There's just a, there's an easier, not easier, softer, but there's an easier way and a more difficult way. And we're gonna talk about that during our, our fourth and final segment here on The Fourth Dimension. And I'm your host, Toby C. with our guest, Gary S. Be right back. 
If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong. In the fourth dimension with Toby C. We're finishing up a wonderful show with our friend Gary S. And we're talking about, of course, our show, every show. We have the same theme, which is evil resistance to early attempts at recovery. And the message is really directed to the newcomer who might be listening to this show and trying to figure why they can't get out of this rut, why they can't keep, why they keep, um, you know, in the revolving door of rehabs and recoveries and hospitals. And we're going to offer up a couple of hints during this final segment about how to be aware and, and, and to overcome some of these discouraging moments when we come into the meeting, the kinship of common suffering. And um, I'm going to go ahead and give the first example of, 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 Good. of, of how to do this. How it worked for me was I, I decided to open my mind and have this vivid imagination, okay? And I do have a vivid imagination. I grew up talking to myself a lot when I was little. And um, <clears throat> my imagination tells me that this home group is like a fishing hole, okay? And, um, and I'm safe and protected in this fishing hole from this stormy ocean of life out there. And God has placed me in this, this fishing hole, and it's a, I feel like uh, I've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. It's a beautiful place. It's called my kinship, my home group. And every now and then, there's, there's a fish. There's fishes that swim into this fishing hole, and they're the newcomers. And, um, and I don't care how new you are, newcomers. In this kinship of common suffering, this therapy group, this home group, whatever, you can always find somebody who's blinder than you are. And at least that was my experience. And there is no sweeter joy, no sweeter joy than going up to him or her and putting your, putting your arm around them and telling them, you don't ever have to drink again. You don't ever have to be alone again. And I got to tell you, when I, when I hit that moment um, of clarity and purpose, um, I started to uh, to to develop something called an unshakable foundation, mm-hmm. and that awaits for everybody. But I'll tell you, it takes the imagination and the and willingness the, to hear the message. The willingness to hear the message. And let me finish up with my visual about this fishing hole. And and I've only got a few short moments or a few short days or weeks to get a hold of this newcomer who who swims into this fishing hole. And to get them into step work, to get them into this this uh, this self uh, um, inventory, make these self discoveries about their demons and about what's holding them back. Before they swim out, I got a chance to keep them in the fishing hole and to prepare them to stay in that fishing hole and to prepare this person to to seek out other fish that swim into this fishing hole and to render first aid and to help them stay in calm, safe waters, safe and protected. How's that for a That's visual? A great 
good Gary. analogy. It's a good, yeah. That's and a good, and I'll that's tell you, there's idea. something. There is something that doesn't want me to to point my imagination in that direction. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. What is that something, Gary? That's well, the evil. <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know. It's it's. You know, we always have arguments with ourselves. I, I know, at least I do. You know, you you, you, you come across a good idea, a good concept, uh, you know, something that feels comfortable and right and good, and all of a sudden, you know, two seconds later, somebody's talking negative about it. Well, I don't know if this is going to work. You know, the, there's a thousand excuses instantly why your idea that brought you such joy all of a sudden it can't be uh, conceived and can't work and can't bring you happiness or can't uh, can't help you accomplish something. So they're, they're bad mouthing the fishing hole. Yeah, they are. They want to poison the fishing hole. Yeah, they really do. Or they want you to forget your hooks. Right, right. Or whatever. Yeah, or they want you to tell you that you can swim out of this fishing hole anytime. Anytime either, you want to. Yeah. You don't want to be around this fishing hole. Get out of here. How many people do you know in the program that have gone through and gotten sober, or whatever, and all of a sudden somebody's told them. Or they've read another another uh, program besides the twelve steps, where they become quote unquote able to drink responsibly. I have known so many people that have tried that route, and you know, come back to a meeting shaking their heads. And those are the people that I like to listen to because that's a that's a true life lesson story that you can you can hear about. You know, you, you know what you're talking about. No, you're, what you're you're touching on the virtue of balance. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that a lot of us come into recovery with our cheese clearly off of our cracker. Yeah. But I do believe that we can get so well that our cheese can slip off the other side of our cracker. Yeah, you, you want to keep that cheese on that cracker, you too. Want cheese that, and, and, and the way, and the way a lot of us, uh, uh, we get too better. I believe you can be too grateful. Yeah. I believe you can you can be too good of a sponsor mm-hmm. uh, and, and really do people a lot of uh, harm to well, you can't live. Well, you can't live. So if you're a sponsor, you can't live somebody else's sobriety for them. You have to, you show them the path. And you say you'll walk with them, but they have to, you know, I say take the steps and they have to start their journey. The sponsorship is, it says it right here in this, this there's a Q&A, a little pamphlet called Q&A on sponsorship. And it mm-hmm. says it right there in the first page that we, as sponsors, we meet as equals mm-hmm. with our sponsee. Right. And how often, and this is my experience as well a little bit, and I witnessed it all around me, we're just, we're just, we're just, program for unhealthy passive aggressive relationships we're here to be people's therapist to be their life coach to be all this you know and uh and again that's discouraging so newcomers be careful you know if you get a hold of a sponsor who wants to develop a deep and meaningful relationship and maybe not get you into the steps so you can clean house and 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 overcome this obsession maybe it's time to find a new sponsor yeah and if your sponsor all of a sudden wants to be your super best friend or borrow money from you or or whatever start taking advantage of you you need to cut it really quick and find yourself a new sponsor too because there are those out there yeah, just because you're in recovery, you are not in a group of healthy people. We're all unhealthy, trying to get better one day at a time. Yeah. And if you can just calm down and keep your mind open uh, to this fact that, uh, and again, let me just tell you, one of the biggest discoveries in the fourth step for me was how sick everybody is around me. Mm-hmm. And when I developed this profound awareness of everybody's illness, I started to give everybody a break. Yeah. And that break starts in the in the fellowship of recovery to give everybody a break, man. Give everybody a long, you know, birthing, uh, you know, so they can yeah. dock their boat, man. Don't <laughs> don't give them a, a tight dock. You know, give them a break, right? Yeah, that's right. Dock that boat. You know, and uh, and keep an open mind. Wow, yep. what a wonderful couple of hours it's yeah. been, Gary. Slow I just, by. I just, it has, it has, and I just I love it. I, you know, I again, hey newcomers, open your mind. 
to the fact that there's something out there that doesn't want you to get well. Right, right out the chute. And people, old timers, keep in mind that there's something out there that doesn't want you to stay well. All right. And by the way, rocketing into the fourth dimension, you better believe a God and a God of our understanding awaits us in the fourth dimension. But there's something else that awaits us in the fourth dimension. We are justified by faith that we are justified by faith alone, but not by a faith that is alone. So we're wrapping it up. Loving it, Gary. Thank you so thank much you for, for the invitation. Thank for you for joining us and um, enjoyed the past couple of hours talking about our favorite subject of Me evil too. resistance. Yeah. To every one of us in early attempts at recovery. And thank you for joining us. This is our show about recovery called The Fourth Dimension. And I'm your host, Toby C. God bless. And uh, may you trudge the road of happy destiny. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get any better than this. God bless. And uh, come back soon. Enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com.